I need you to tell me that I'm recording. All right, we're recording. Oh, you're recording? I'm recording. Or I'm recording. You yeah, are. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but the the thing, like, I hit record and it just kind of sat there and I was like, what do you want? <laughs> what are you asking for? It's just like a couple of days ago, it was 2017 and the worst year of everybody's life. Well, I say that and then I know that a lot of people in their personal lives had great years. Like everybody's talking about how great all of their like their home life is and how great their job is and how all of the shitty shit that's going on in the world is actually helping them like focus in on what they really want and focus in on know how to make everything better and but for for a lot of reasons 2017 was a doozy (laughs) yes good riddance 2017 i read that um somebody was talking about numbers numerology and specifically as it related to judaism and one is a good number Mm -hmm. but eight is infinity Mm -hmm. so it's a very lucky number Oh, eight, so, yeah. eight is like is in 2018, but in numerology, this is also, is it an 11 year? Like last year was, no, last year was an 11 year and this is a one year. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're starting everything over. Like everything was closing up and dying last year. Oh. Like everything was breaking down and becoming like, be becoming its parts like basically we were we were um usa cocoon last year and we were breaking down into our gelatinous soup of dna and now we're gonna now we're gonna start rebuilding and become a butterfly we'll still be in the cocoon and then maybe like uh three years from now we'll be a butterfly (laughs) (laughs) 2018 is a big year. Like all of the things get voted on this year. Like we can flip, we can flip our government this year. So we have to be like vigilant, vigilant. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. (laughs) Hi. How are you today? (laughs) Good. Thanks. How are you? I'm super good. I'm having a really um, excellent couple of weeks at work. Like being very productive and it's just going to continue to be that way and yeah that's about all the updates I have oh and I was telling you earlier that I uh I was just picking out which bill I want to pay off because we have that that's our 2018 goal is to pay off all of our credit card debt this year so I was just choosing a bill to pay off (laughs) Ooh, nice that's fantastic that's really good news I, in uh, 2018, after kind of a stressful year, looking around, applying myself, applying to different jobs, uh, have two jobs 
right now. One is a project and one is a is a job job. And then I have interviews for two more. Uh, not more. Uh, I would take Just, either one. Yeah, you, you would choose a different job when when yes. you get offered any either of those jobs, you will choose to go to one of those. Yes. Yes. So um, it's, one is a, is actually a dream job. So that is super exciting. So I guess sometimes it's all in the timing, mm-hmm. which is I was uh, thinking about that because you also said you wanted to talk about the word of the year, word of the podcast. Um, and I wonder if the word for me might just be patience and persistence. <laughs> <laughs> like be persistent, but realize you have to have patience. <laughs> That's two words. Sorry. <laughs> you have to choose only one. <laughs> That's the point. One word. No, I'm just kidding. Choose whatever you want. You could choose a sentence. You could choose like, you could choose a mantra. Okay. Yeah. What's going on in you and your job? Going on with you in your job world? So we're go- we're heading into expansion right now, and. That's really, really great, and I'm really excited, but uh, it means that, like, my boss just today wrote the company that was supposed to do our entire, like, it's the marketing company that was supposed to do, like, our entire expansion, like, get the website ready, get do all of the print materials, everything. She just wrote to them and said, super sorry, we can't go with you because we don't have that much money and we're going to have to do everything in-house. So on the one hand, yay, uh, I have a job for the foreseeable future. Like they're going to need me. But at the same time, like we're starting to get outside of my depth. Like I have never, I have never tried to promote a corporate expansion like I've never tried to promote a capital campaign where we're, we're asking people for money we're literally saying please give us money and I know that she has uh, she's been doing this for a while but it's a, it was a totally different situation before the, the the one that she worked on before was hey please give us money or we're going to go under like we will no longer exist if you don't give us money and then this mm. one is no, we'll still exist. We'll just never grow and we'll never have the stuff that you want on the shelves and we'll never be able to fix the coolers <laughs> if you don't give us money. Oh, yeah. And I feel like we need so much money. Like three quarters of a million dollars feels like a lot of money for a tiny little town. And I know that technically three quarters of a million dollars is not that much money to like expand a business. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that scary? That's frightening. That <laughs> that's like average yeah. for buying a building and expanding. Right. So are they going to be asking for that individually from people? Or is there going to be a certain amount that's financed? So we definitely we have a whole we have a ton of money in the bank. Like we are ready, 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 ready to expand. But the the way that it works, and I know that I'll never understand this because I'm not an accountant or a money person, but like we have a ton of money in the bank uh, and that's ready for expansion because we've been saving up for it and we've already done a campaign like this because we've been trying to do an expansion for a while. So that that's just sitting there. Um, and then we'll do the capital campaign. We'll be raising a certain amount of money basically so that lenders know that this is 
something that the community supports. Oh yeah. And uh-huh. all and all of that money is going to be uh it it could it's all going to come from the community, but a lot of it'll be like large businesses in the area committing like they'll commit, you know, $200,000, but they'll commit it in smaller segments over the next 10 years. Oh, okay. Or they'll commit 50 50 or let's say they commit $5,000. They'll give us $1,000 each year for the next 5 years. Oh, okay. So, that and it seems really easy to ask for, but it is very hard to get people to like project into the future and be like, "Can I give them $1,000 every year? Like, can this be part of my charitable donations or whatever?" Yeah, yeah. Luckily, we're in a very affluent community. We have a lot of like people who are definitely going to be able to give that. And at the smaller level, like the individual level, like I will be able to give money in like tiny increments, like dollar, you know, dollar increments, but then also slightly larger increments, like $200. So that that's a more normal amount that people will be giving is like a couple hundred dollars here, a couple hundred dollars there. That is super exciting. Well, that you're going to learn a lot that's going to be applicable to so much. Mm-hmm. Like sponsorships and asking for donations. Like that's a whole a whole world unto itself. Mm-hmm. That of jobs. Like if you wanted to split off into that. Mm-hmm. Um, that world. That's really exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited to I'm excited for this store to expand and I'm excited to just see all of the excitement that gets generated around it. So, yeah. But even right now, nothing everything is kind of just starting. So, I'm like trying to get all the normal day-to-day stuff well in order so that when I'm asked to stop everything and do this other thing, I have like a backlog of stuff that I can just pull from. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, so right now it feels a little, uh, yeah, busy, busy and maybe trying to avoid overwhelm down the line. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What's the word for that? When you're like, I don't want to get overwhelmed later, but I'm kind of a little overwhelmed right now by trying not to be overwhelmed (laughs) about the future. Uh, pre procrastination <laughs> instead of procrastinating and putting it off you're like procrastinating you're not putting it off at all I don't know. so I want to well you kind of uh, already said yeah. that like one of these jobs that you're applying for to be named later <laughs> Yes, <laughs> is is a dream job. But I just really liked what you said about I just really liked what you said in your cover letter about how everything has been leading to this moment. <laughs> I know, I thought that was kind of ballsy of me to say that in my in my cover letter uh that that was my closing sentence in my middle paragraph <laughs> of my cover letter. Um, that I, and I listed the different skills that I had been developing. Uh, I thought it was a little ballsy, but I also was like, I don't know how else to say this because I imagine that they, you know, they're looking for specific, they, they have 
one thing that they want out of a person. And I'm like, okay, I got that. But then in the next sentence, they want people, special consideration will be given to people who have had this position, this position, this position. And I have had neither of those positions, or at least one of them I haven't done in 20 years. So, but at the same time, I have a whole lot of other skills, like a raft of other skills that I've been developing, thinking that they were would be applicable to this job that I'm applying to. Never having seen this job description or, you know, in my life or really knowing, I just sort of assumed that these were like basically, okay, I'll stop talking in generalities, ticketing, marketing, mm-hmm. contracting. I thought these things were, were very relevant to learning how to be a producer. Mm-hmm. And this job is is a producer job. I tried to address in my my cover letter the some of the stronger points of things that were actually in their job description and then tried to say, you know, with that final paragraph like, look, everything that I have been doing for the last number of years has been about leading up to this position. And so that's why I'm applying. Yeah, it was pretty is it bald face, bold face, either of those? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I want to be a producer. You need a producer. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really want this job. And I called my dad on Saturday to, to ask him specifically because he's a technical theater professor and he te- teaches administration and arts administration. And I was like, Dad, I don't have, I, I don't really have these other three titles that they're like, this would be nice. <laughs> I said, it's, I'm getting the first 30 minute interview, but I don't have these other things. And he was like, you just, you need to tell them like straight off, this is your dream job. And that's why, and I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> He's I'm like, so you just glad. need to. <laughs> I'm so glad your dad said that because that's exactly what I said. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, you did. You did. And he was like, you just need to get to the next interview. And I was like, okay, okay, thank you, yes. This is starting to sound like a theme. All right, I'll do it, I'll do it. (laughs) Okay, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's another thing about all these last months of applying for things. I can't really say that about anything else that I've applied for. Mm -hmm. Um, I've applied for agency jobs, and I have certainly applicable experience that could get me an agency job. But I haven't, I can't really say, I I couldn't really say in in a cover letter that, you know, have that much enthusiasm to say, this is what I want to do is work for your agency. So (laughs) yeah, uh, (laughs) no, (laughs) it would be like, that's a job. I'm glad to do it. Thank you for the paycheck. But this is a this is definitely a different place to be in, and I, it isn't something that comes up every day. But it goes again with the patience and persistence. Like it just wouldn't have they. This company in particular is a very small firm. They only have like forty people in their employee, and they they of course have a bunch of contractors and subcontractors. So they work with tons and tons of people. But in terms of their actual company, they're only forty people. So. I I feel very lucky to have stumbled into it, just found it. Because I freaking stopped subscribing to premium LinkedIn. I may go back, but I stopped subscribing to that. <laughs> and I stopped subscribing, or no, I'm still subscribing to entertainmentcareers.net, which is where I found this job. And 
I also have a Glassdoor subscription, a ZipRecruiter subscription. Oh, uh, Arts Journal, which is, or not Arts Journal, Art Search, which is a, a theater job directory. And then I also check the Arts for LA and the California Theater Association websites for jobs. <laughs> can, like- I, can I just say that no <laughs> one can ever look at you and be like, well, she hasn't been trying to get a job. <laughs> it's just not, she's just not putting her best foot, like, you have everything. You, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to subscribe to everything. I'm going to apply for everything. I'm going to do everything. <laughs> like, whatever comes up next, just please, I need a, I need a paycheck. But yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's it's hard to find a job. Patience, people. You'll find a thing. <laughs> yeah. And th- what they don't tell you is that sometimes it just takes forever. Because the job that you're right for and that you're waiting for is currently held by someone else. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, right? Is that you – and I, I didn't – I've never thought about that too. But, like, when you leave a job, it's – it's sad. It's sad for them. It's sad for you. Uh, or maybe it's happy for you because you're like, fuck you, I'm done here. But like, <laughs> like, just leave because there is somebody else who is wants that position. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. take your, I don't know, that's, I guess that's a very helping way to put it. It's probably a little bit of BS, but like, there is somebody who wants that. And so get out of the way and pursue your dream and then they can have theirs. Mm-hmm. Or they can get into your job and realize how painful it is. And they'll be like, oh, I realized that I don't want this job. So let's let's open that up to someone else. Or in the case of my last position, they still haven't filled. They've decided not to fill my position. Oh, my gosh. So there's that, too. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it goes both ways at any rate. All right, let's move on to the PodCon recap. Yes. Woo. Yay. We went to PodCon. It was fabulous. Uh, We went to PodCon at the beginning of December, and we learned so much, and we're still talking about how much we've learned, and we're still digging through our notes and trying to apply some of these things. But, yeah, I think we, in general, learned a bunch, made a bunch of resolute revolution i don't know what to call it made a bunch of revelations we had a lot of revelations yeah, yeah we had some revelations and, and, and saw things in a new way yeah and got some very solid advice it was stuff like i feel like with all of these things we had a suspicion like yeah we should maybe make our make our podcast a little more accessible maybe we should make our podcast a little more this or a little more that and we just got really good advice about how to actually do those things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna talk about do you wanna talk about interview session? Yeah. So my favorite. I mean, there were so many sessions, like you said, there were so many that were so good. Uh, I but my favorite session was with the KCRW um, students or young people and their mentor who, who spoke on interviewing Mm -hmm. and you were there with Mm -hmm. me and 
it was so good. Um, and they, I just, I went in telling people about it later. <laughs> I said, it didn't feel like they were actually teaching us anything. It was just sort of like we absorbed a ton of information as we were sitting there. It just sort of washed over us and we learned it. <laughs> but of course they did have a syllabus and they did teach us, like they directly teached it, taught us things. It just felt like, it just felt so much, um, I guess it just, it wasn't like hitting us over the head with things. Mm-hmm. It was just very, everything, their their style of teaching was very much like, here's an example. What are your thoughts on this? Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> yep. Here's an example. What do you think of that? Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> like, and, and so there was like the front room, there was your own thinking about it. There was the reflections of other people that were happening. There was the large, larger room of people reflecting on things. And then there was just you individually with the, you know, the three people sitting around you. Mm-hmm. And I guess I, I liked it for that reason. But um, the, the two really good things that came out of it were uh, for me that um, it is okay to not ask the questions on your list that you want to ask and it's actually better because it's really ridiculous when somebody is having an emotional experience in your interview and then you cut in with well that's uh, I'm very sorry about that so can you tell me about how you decided to buy a car (laughs) (laughs) Or, or something like you know you know not emotional and totally immaterial Um, and that for some reason, I know it sounds super basic, but that had just never occurred to me because like I had, had, I had seen what I was doing as sort of like information collecting Mm -hmm. and that like it was a service, I guess, to present the information that we were trying to get at. But now I'm realizing that it, in an interview, it's, you do get more information following the emotional path is actually gets you a deeper, your learning case in point they showed or they played an interview of uh two two or three different people or um young adults interviewing their parents Mm -hmm. and they said you know first of all it's difficult to interview your parents because you know the stories but you your audience doesn't know the stories so you have to find a way to ask questions and have your parents tell you things and not use the family shorthand but the other thing that happened was that Um, a a lot of these parents were telling stories about their transition to the United States because they were not, uh, they, they were immigrants Mm -hmm. or refugees Mm -hmm. from another place, another country. And when asked about their experience, she was very methodical Mm -hmm. and about her in very chronological order. This happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. And it was funny because she had, she seemed to have, at least at that point, a very thick accent. And she was telling, she sort of alluded to, but didn't really specifically go into it, how she had a thick accent. And so that was problematic in her job. But the her son sort of backtracked, kind of teased her a little bit, asked her some questions, and some other kind of like warm up questions. And then went back to tell the story kind of in a different way and just sort of took a different angle on it. And man, she opened up and told the same exact information, but in a completely different, like a very personal story format. And because she was talking about it in this very emotional, you know, 
experience and relating her emotional experiences as these things were happening to her. Like it was really great to come to the United States. I didn't, I wasn't afraid. Um, so it seemed like when people were speaking in a very emotional way and or particularly she, she was speaking in a much more emotional way about her experience that she was very happy to come to the United States. It was so dangerous where she had been. She couldn't just live a normal life and, and not worry about walking down the street. And that's all she just really wanted to do. She wanted to work and, um, and then when she got jobs, she was had all these sort of discriminations that were happening against her because of her accent. And um, man, like I understood every single word she was saying. Okay. And I, I attribute that to the fact that when people are speaking from their heart and they're speaking from because we identify with that, mm-hmm. even though we don't know the chronology of what she was saying we identify with her emotional chronology. Mm-hmm. And so um, it all it all just came across. And maybe because she was using her own words rather than maybe like trying to fit it into a very sort of academic or interview, quote unquote, worthy, mm-hmm. you know, formal kind of way of speaking, maybe that also contributed to it. But I was very taken with that, um, that display. How about you? What were some of your favorite things? Yeah, I really loved that interview session. I went to a, a librarian, a session with a bunch of librarians, and they were talking about basically how to use your local library if you are not a, if you're not someone who owns a microphone, and you're not someone who can afford a microphone, and you're not someone who has all of the um, equipment that you need. Like, you can go to your library and get some access. Like, you can, <clears throat> they were saying that they have, This is up in Victoria, Canada. So sorry if you're not literally in Victoria, Canada today. But they have recording studios that help people get like their first album recorded so that they can so that they can go and get that to studios and and maybe get a contract or or whatever you get when you're That's amazing. Yeah. So like and they have meeting rooms and they have interview rooms and they have all like computers with all of the um, editing software and stuff on it. And I know that this is not uncommon. Like there are plenty of places that have, there are plenty of libraries that have invested in video so- video recording equipment. So they'll have a bunch of cameras or they'll have a bunch of video software, video recording software. It just kind of depends on what your library has decided to invest in. And it's really worth looking around like your immediate area if you don't have access. That is what the library is for. And I think we forget that in our day and age where we're like, oh, I must have my own book collection. I must have my own whatever. And so we're like, well, the library is just for books or it's just for whatever. But my library here in town Uh, just did a huge expansion. Like the year that we moved here, they were expanding and they have meeting rooms and they have like projection equipment and all this stuff. And actually it kind of prompted us to have a few conversations about like, do we want to have a podcast get together? And so we're kind of working on doing that. And um, it's probably going to be more informational just because I don't know that I have you know, 20 people who just want to come see me or just come see us. But we probably can find 20 people who want to learn about how to make a podcast. So that's kind of what our first session is going to be about is everything that we learned at PodCon for people who couldn't attend and for people who are interested in podcasting. So 
Yeah. Yes. I, I like that it, it gave us all of these little jumping off points and all of these things that kind of really inspired us and really sparked a bunch of things in us. I liked it too. Thank you for putting that as our goal because this this was your goal when we first started this. We were like, well, how long do we want to keep doing this and what's our milestone? And you said, let's just get to December with Prod with PodCon. Mm-hmm. We were, and then Cassie and I were like, what's PodCon? Mm-hmm. Sounds great, but what is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and yeah, I think... I think I learned about PodCon like minutes after we decided to start a podcast. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) but you always have the pulse on things. I'm that's so awesome. Very exciting. (laughs) Uh, That's that's a symptom of being an Internet junkie. Like it can be it can be great because you're really plugged in, but it can be awful because you're a junkie. <laughs> All right, let's get into some New Year's resolutions. New year, new you, new new, new tutu. Uh I'm putting together something right now. Uh I'm putting together an article for a website that I'm gonna be writing for that is all about doing a word of the year. And this is brought on by uh, a yoga teacher that I follow. And a guest, Jelly, who does has her own podcast, Curvy Yoga, or Love Curvy Yoga is her podcast, but you can find her at curvyyoga.com. And she does a word of the year every year, and she does a word to focus her whole life on, which is something different than I have ever done, because I did a sankalpa, which means higher purpose in Sanskrit, but I do a sankalpa with last year with my yoga teacher training group and it basically was just like focus like what are you gonna focus on in your yoga life and obviously it's meant to be brought into the rest of your life because that's how yoga works but so basically your word of the year is what you're going to focus on like what are you interested in exploring more this year what what is going to be the guiding principle in your in this particular area of your life or in your entire life. Last year for yoga, for yoga teacher training, my word, my sankalpa or my word of the year was strength. So whenever I was considering doing something or ha- was having to make a decision, I was like, is this making me stronger? Is this, Ooh. you know, providing me strength? Is is yeah. starting a podcast with Jessica going to make me stronger or is it going to strengthen some skills that I have? And that helps, you know, know, helps you know if you're on the right path, but it also helps you know whether or not you even want to do it. Like, is taking this job going to make me stronger? Is this going running going to make me stronger? And even on like a micro level, when you're laying in bed and your alarm's going off and you're like, oh, I don't really want to get up and go for a run. <sighs> Is laying in bed making me stronger? No. <laughs> uh, is going for a run going to make me stronger? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all those little things. And it, and it really, um, Anna Guest Jelly talks about how it kind of presents itself to you in all of these different ways, as well as being something like a touchstone that you can go, that you can meditate on 
um, in your day-to-day life. So you can meditate on it when you're doing meditation or when you're doing yoga or when you're journaling or at, at any point you can bring this into your life. Especially if you're at a loss, if you're someone who like, who definitely likes to journal and find gets a lot out of it, but gets to a point where you're like, okay, I'm journaling and I don't know what I want to talk about and my mind is completely blank. You can be like, <laughs> well, let me write down my word. Oh yeah, no, this is all the ways that this has appeared this week and you know this month and all that stuff. So yeah, I I'm thinking. I'm still rolling around what I want my word of the year to be, but I definitely want to change my Sankalpa, change my word of the year to something new. How about you? What do you have? Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Yeah, I have been reading a lot about that because um, I haven't done a real kind of life plan in a lot of years. And so this year, especially not really having jobs, I thought, man, this year I really want this. I really want to make a, a plan so that I can figure out what it is that I really want to do, like what really sounds good to me, and then how does it pan out in the you know in the years to come? Uh, again, so basic, but it really I don't want to bag on Las Vegas. I felt so limited in my opportunities that it just it felt completely pointless. Or very difficult to imagine beyond uh, what was happening there, what I was doing there. I really had a mental block. I, it was a sincere mental block. Mm-hmm. And so being here now and really having to, or, and getting so much rejection basically, or at, completely no response to mm-hmm. my <laughs> job applications and thinking, well, God, I have to rethink this. Um, that's what sort of spurred this on. So I did that. And then um, also, not not surprising, but like, I I really used to be a really good goal planner. Like I really used to just lay things out and kind of envision things and think about it. And I still do that to a certain extent, but I haven't in my life done that in a really long time for my life. So I had to go back and look up, how do you make goals? (laughs) (laughs) And then how do you break them down on like a monthly, weekly, daily basis? Because I really did not know. I was like, is there there's something about tasks, daily tasks, weekly tasks? You know, like, <laughs> I just couldn't remember. Like, how does this all work? So I, I read a bunch of different websites, which surprisingly, everybody has a different point of view on this. <laughs> Surprisingly, and, unsurprisingly, because everything's <laughs> going to work different for a different person. Um, and then there are like, all these different productivity planners and, you know, yeah, different perspectives on productivity and how you go forward with it. And everybody tweaks it for themselves. So I did that. And in some ways, it was kind of a it was a mixed bag of different things happening all at the same time. And at one point, I kind of wrote out my bio (laughs) for, for like, 10 or 20 years from now, <laughs> like Ooh. what I would want my bio to look like. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Read me your bio. What's your bio for 20 years from now? Oh, really? I feel like this is kind of jinxing it. What? Okay. If you really don't want to, you don't have to, but like Jessica, world renowned producer, has, has worked for <laughs> 15. Oh, have... Okay, go ahead. It should be that, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. I maybe so maybe this is just a work in progress. I feel really shameless about reading this out loud. Okay. Good. Jessica Hurd is the daughter of a professor in theater and a children's book writer. She did indie theater in the Bay Area and in Las Vegas while working as a marketer in theatrical live entertainment before moving to Los Angeles in her early 40s. She did background work and produced two podcasts, embarking on a unique career as an actor, writer, producer in all media. In those first years, she did a number of pilots, as well as a couple years of fun guest star roles in interesting dramas and comedies, and significant amounts of voiceover for dubbing video games and cartoons. As her podcast became more well-known, the Bricky Network she and her friends created eventually became more visible and viable, and they started to create lots of different content. Fiction, TV, shorts, educational seminars, animated stories, puppet plays, and plays. A number of her podcasts have toured the U.S., Europe, South America, Australia, New Zealand, Philippines, Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Japan, and unique (laughs) uh, shows, conventions, and camps. In 2020, she was able to work with a number of famous British actors in a show at the National Theatre in collaboration with a number of other theaters. After another collaboration for the Edinburgh Fringe, this led to a starring role on a TV show on the BBC uh, or maybe slash Sky Network, as well as another play on the West End for which uh, they brought to Broadway the following year. She and her collaborators received a number of Tony nominations, and the show is now touring the U.S. and Europe and is expected to net royalties for the next years. Her show is now being rebooted in the U.S., Germany, and Singapore. That's her TV show. Oh, yes. Um, Her network and production company is considered a powerhouse mover and shaker, and they continue to create stories, both visual and aural and weird, visual experiences for people across the globe in multiple languages. In 2027, she finally received her dream to create, or achieved her dream to create a fully funded scholarship for women to go to grad school later in life and women in undergrad in the arts. She considers it the Miss America alternative and works on and working on growing the foundation so that more women will not be burdened with student loan debt when they're building their careers, especially during their prime childbearing years. I love this. Can yeah? I, can I make a suggestion? Yeah. I mean, I love that you love your father, and I love that you are totally down with him being a, a professor and all that. But you don't have to be someone's daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a person. Yeah, he, he can be in there somewhere, but, like, I feel like, Yeah. I guess I was going off of the IMDb. A lot of the IMDb bios start with, so-and-so was born and blah, 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 is the son of and the daughter of blah, blah, blah. But even Wikipedia starts that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they probably phrase it differently. They don't say the son of. They say his parents or her parents were. Yeah, you're right. Hmm, interesting. But, I mean, you can still be like drawing a lot of inf- inspiration from her father, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's still, like, we know. We know that you have parents. <laughs> you, you you exist, therefore you have parents. <laughs> she came from somewhere. Uh, Hatched from an egg. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> a clone. <laughs> so would you write one of these? Would you write a bio? For myself? Yeah. Or have you? Have you ever done that? No, but that sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun to, like, dream about writing your own. But then I get into a really dark place where I'm like, eh, sounds like a, an obituary. Like, 
survived <laughs> by her wife <laughs> like, <laughs> and six cats. <laughs> I think that's where I got it from, actually. I'm not the obituary part of it, but um, there's a group or I think it has since just for a lot of years, they would re- I can't remember how they got their funding, but they um, would find artists who who had a lot of potential, usually through various recommendations, who seemed to be bogged down somehow in life. Mm-hmm. And they would give them money to come and meet with them. And then they would discuss everything that was going on in their life, like everything down to uh, my mother is living with me. She's probably going to die at some point soon. But who knows, that could be 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. And but I have to take care of her. There is no one else to take care of her. Uh my sister is a drug addict and she occasionally comes and steals shit. Like that kind of, <laughs> yep, yep. Like, like that kind of like deeply personal shit. And then they, uh, then they discuss, um, okay, well let's think about this. Like let's take all these things into consideration. Uh, how do we get your art into the world and how do we make you survive as an artist? Because other people need to see your work. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then they help. Okay. You need to charge more for your, um, your work and you need to get this agent. We'll hook you up with this person and you need to, um, be able to afford a studio so that you can be away from your mother or you need to be able to afford somebody to come in and take care of your mother you know, four days a week or three days a week, like discussing the realities and the options that are available, but helping somebody to be a success because their creativity is enhances the world. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, it was just such an amazing thing. But one of the, one of the things that they did in their coaching was had all of us, um, I wasn't one of the chosen artists. They were brought out to speak to some, to a, a conference that I attended on theater leaders and they had us do, they basically had us write our obituary because they were like, this will help you really realize like, what do you want to be known for? What are your values? What do you, what do you feel like you want to accomplish? So, I mean, yeah, it is sad and dark, but it does put all that shit into focus, Mm -hmm. I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, like this is, this is what I value. This is what I would really want to achieve. Kind of your bucket list in a way. I recommend it. All right, I will write it on my on my. Uh, I should probably do that list. <laughs> so along with a word of the year, I'm gonna do a, a bio, bio to be read before an acceptance speech. Not an obit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, those introductions are good. All right, a bio to be read before. A lifelong achievement award acceptance speech. Yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, so I feel like we should treat our podcast like a living, breathing thing. Uh, what would our podcast word of the year be? And we don't have to like come up with a solid plan right at this exact moment, but let's just let's just think about what's our what's our podcast word of the year. What what is our podcast main focus this year? Grow. <laughs> Grow. Yeah. Uh, I do feel like that is a, a a an important part of it. I I came up with like grow and try and thrive and and um explore. 
Ooh. And and morph. <laughs> but I don't. I, yeah, morph. I, uh, I, all of my, my things are like compound, you know, like creative growth or creative change. Uh, but I like explore, grow. Because those are, and I like the word thrive. I think thriving might be a good word for next year because I do feel like we're pretty focused on growth. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, um, yeah, that's a good word because we could like, we sit down and think like, is this going to help us grow or is this going to, you know, this change or this, this idea or this, this thing that we want to do, is that going to be, is that going to help us grow? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I could see that being, because that is really a big focus, um, that that uh, m- more people will want to hear our message. We were talking off podcast. I was saying that I'd had this real, or off mic, mm-hmm. what do you, off background. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we <laughs> not while we were recording. Right. <laughs> well, I was discussing how I, or I was saying how I had this realization about impactful or important to me about our podcast and Mm -hmm. that I felt like I was getting feedback from people when I told them about it, um, was that it's, uh, the changeable dream part of it and Mm -hmm. that people don't realize that I think that a lot of people feel very alone in the fact that they are pursuing their dreams, but they feel like they've they're hitting failures because they've had to make choices or they're they've been presented with different options and some of them don't seem as like ideal and as pretty as like their dream in a glass case mm-hmm. was and on a pedestal or whatever um and so it would be really cool to if if we grow to have more people realize that they're not alone mm-hmm. that that this is actually normal for creation of any sort. And we maybe we can eradicate this stupid idea that, gr- that growth or success is a linear experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I kind of like grow. Not, uh, but I don't know, are you leaning towards anything? I like grow. I like grow because it's, I don't know, because of the optimism, because of... That's exactly what we need to do, um, and it doesn't—it doesn't have like an end. Like you continue to grow, trees continue to grow forever, yeah, until they die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna write an obituary for a tree now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, I have talked every about everything I want to talk about. Did you talk about everything you want to talk about? I did. This is a great talk. Um, so everybody, we're going to be changing up the format a little bit this next year. Um, to which apparently I was talking to Jacob about this, and in TV, this is pretty normal that season one is like one thing, and then uh, season two, you during hiatus, you think really hard about it, and you realize, okay, this this probably isn't going to work anymore. This has more legs. This is more juice. Let's go in this direction. Mm-hmm. So season two can be very different from season one. I don't think ours is going to be very different, but uh, the formats are going to be a little different. And hopefully that will make it so that we can have 
more episodes and release more and release have more less often. more release more often and have less editing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which especially uh, when you get your dream job, you're gonna have to like keep the editing to a minimum. Minimum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. To a very mini mini me, <clears throat> a little mini me. <laughs>